Hello, everyone, and thank you for clicking on the Sean B. Show. This episode was recorded on Saturday, January 14th, the year 2023, in the Edge Construction Studio. Look, Edge Construction Masters of all things construction, okay? You need something done, dirt work, site development, really just anything construction-related. These guys are studs, all right? 812-343-3035. Give my man Brian a call, all right? Tell him the Sean B. Show sent you. All right, that's what's up. These guys going to take care of you. Today, we are breaking down each and every game a little further from Super Wildcard Weekend. Okay, we've got picks today. We've got Super Bowl exactness today. We've got some player props snuck in here today. Bunch of exciting stuff. Hey, Super Bowl is coming. Wildcard Weekend is coming in about ah, six hours. Let's get it going right now. You're listening to The Sean B. Show on Second String Media. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to The Sean B. Show. It is Saturday, January 14th, the year 2023, and it is the start of Super Wildcard Weekend in the National Football League. Six great games. Two today, three tomorrow, one Monday night. We'll see who goes on to the NFL divisional round where the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles are waiting patiently to see who they're going to play. And you know what? We're going to try to figure it all out today. Okay. I know I made some picks uh, on Thursday and it's so funny because a lot of these games I'm pretty certain about some of the other ones I'm not as certain about. You know, I, I'm back and forth. I'm back and forth on this Tampa Bay Dallas game. I, I, I've never had good luck betting against Tom Brady. It's not smart, but this is not the Tom Brady of old. This is not 2004 Tom Brady. This is not 2012 Tom Brady. This isn't 2021 Tom Brady, much different situation going on down there in Tampa. But they've got a home playoff game against the Dallas Cowboys. Can they figure it out? Can they get it together? Now, some of these lines have again shifted. So we'll talk about uh, betting lines. They keep shifting in the direction of the Seattle Seahawks, and I assume that's Caesars making up their money on one side or the other. That's what happens. That's what they do, and it's smart. Earlier in the week, you could have got this game at plus 10. Now Seattle's plus 9, San Francisco. Hosting home playoff game today, starting off Super Wild Card Weekend. A lot of fun happening, okay? This Chargers-Jacksonville game has shifted back in the direction of the middle, like it was minus two and a half for the Chargers just on Thursday when we spoke. On Tuesday when we spoke, it was a pick 'em. Now it's minus one and a half for the Chargers. I took a I took a deeper dive, of course, as the week went on. We looked at some props. We looked at some offensive and defensive comparisons. You know? The more you dive in to a lot of these games, the more kind of perspective you gain over what what you may see on the field. And, of course, everything on paper could just be a complete fucking wash, too. You just never know. I did see an interesting headline yesterday. The Colts uh, interviewed Eric Bieniemy as a, as a potential head coaching candidate. He was not on our list that we talked about on Tuesday. But uh, Eric Bieniemy now in the mix for the Colts head coaching job. And I have to wonder... I've always looked at Eric Bieniemy as a smart guy, runs a good ship in Kansas City, but the benefit of having Patrick Mahomes has got to has got to 
has got to play in this, right? Like every offensive coordinator wants Patrick Mahomes. Every offensive coordinator wants those generational guys, right? A lot of the Colts coaching staff back when Peyton Manning was a Colt got the, got the praise, the high praise for things that Peyton was making possible. And I wonder if that's not the same with Eric Benjamin. Obviously a smart guy, obvious head coaching candidate for the entire league. I just have to wonder who wants to come to the Colts and why would they want to come to the Colts? It, it, it's almost got to be a guy who's not going to get many opportunities anywhere else. It's almost got to be a guy that you, you're taking a chance on. Again, I like this Ben Johnson kid. I like this Ben Johnson kid out of uh, Detroit, the offensive coordinator from the Detroit Lions. That guy's made Jared Goff a stud. That guy's this new archetype kind of offensive guru guy. Like I think of like a Mike McDaniel or a Sean McVay or, or, or McDermott out of Buffalo. That uh, kind of younger gen of NFL head coaches that aren't your, your typical, you know, big guy, hard nose, Andy Reid type of guys. Your Pittsburgh tough Mike Tomlin, Bill Cower guys. Uh, Mike McDaniel in Miami, I could watch that guy in interviews all fucking day. That guy's hysterical. I like the shit out of that guy. That situation in Miami is fucked, but I like the shit out of Mike McDaniel for sure. When you're talking about that too, like like a guy like Brian Flores, who I felt like got the shaft in Miami, and of course, you know, investigations went on and, and we kind of drawn our own conclusions on why that may or may not have happened. But, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of opportunity out there to go get a good head coach. You're not going to get, listen, all I'm hearing is, you know, Sean Payton, you know, uh, Jim Harbaugh. These guys aren't coming to Indy. Like, deal with that. These guys are not coming to Indy. It's not going to happen. Eric Bieniemy, a guy who's got a ton of credential right now. And again, I always have to wonder if that may or may not be on the work ethic of Patrick Mahomes. But a guy like Eric Bieniemy is not coming to Indianapolis. I, I just don't think that's going to happen. Sean Payton, definitely no. Jim Harbaugh, definitely no. Get out of your heads. There's nothing to offer except for an okay defense in Indianapolis. The quarterback situation is a let's find one and grow him. It's, there's nothing to offer. Plus, a lot of people have their opinion soured on, on Jim Irsay. Look, before I dive too far in, I got to talk about this. It is National Ratification Day. Okay, a lot of people don't know this. 1784 Treaty of Paris ratified today, January 14th, marking the end of the American Revolution, marking one of the reasons that I am able to sit in this room and scream things into a microphone. All of our freedoms, everything that we celebrate and know as citizens of the United States of America, Ratified in 1784, marking the end of the American Revolution, the Treaty of Paris, National Ratification Day. To no coincidence, to no coincidence whatsoever, it is also National Hot Pastrami Day. I got to assume those guys. Now, you got to figure, you're in Philadelphia, 1784. Like, are we predating the cheesesteak here? I don't know the, the history of the cheesesteak, but that thing's so deeply ingrained into, into Philadelphians that, I mean, are we predating the cheesesteak here? Or was the cheesesteak created as a result of freedom? Who fucking knows? I'm sure somebody knows, but I promise you it's not me. I have a lot of prop bets to talk about today that I absolutely love and reasons that I love to talk about them. 
So we're going to start with the Hoosiers. Hoosiers play here in about an hour at 1 o'clock against Wisconsin. The Hoosiers are in trouble. Good news, Race Thompson, not done for the year. This guy's probably going to be back around February. Two to four weeks is what they're saying. The faster the Hoosiers can get Race Thompson back and healthy, the better off they'll be. Now they're 10-6. and six. Obviously nothing's over yet, but they got a really good Wisconsin team who's been without Tyler Wall coming to Bloomington today at 1 o'clock. 18th ranked Wisconsin Badgers. We'll see what happens. But man, this Hoosiers team is in a lot of trouble. It got a little worse without X. And now with X out, Race Thompson out. Uh, these guys are these guys are in trouble until you get Race Thompson back. Still no word on a return for X. He had foot surgery. Gotta think that guy's out for a long time. I mean, I, you gotta think that guy's not gonna be able to get back until March, if at all. So we'll see what the Hoosiers do to respond to all this, but it's going to be really tough to win without those two guys on the floor. Miller Cop, his production kind of stagnant despite having a guard gone. Uh, Jordan Geronimo been getting some starts in the replacement for uh, Race Thompson. Not a lot going on there. Need to see more out of Malik Renew. That kid looks confused and not very confident. The Hoosiers are in some trouble just uh, to not hold back there at all. The Pacers... Lost another close one last night. Tyrese Halliburton not playing last night, but uh, Halliburton did say here recently, I got you. I like hearing stuff like this. You want to see these guys that have the desire to stay in these tiny markets, right? Pacers are a small market. Halliburton on the Pacers is somewhere I want to be long-term. Halliburton out. We're looking at two weeks without Tyrese. That's going to be tough. But uh, last night, of course, uh, Big game out of Matherin getting a start last night. Matherin had 26 last night. Pacers, however, drop it to the Hawks, 113-111. Play again tonight, 7 o'clock, hosting the Grizz and Mr. Ja Morant, then traveling to Milwaukee on Monday afternoon. Little Hoosiers and Pacers talk before we get into this NFL playoff super wildcard weekend thing. Look, I'm really excited about today. I want to see if Seattle can exploit maybe the one weakness in the San Francisco 49ers. Maybe the one weakness they have. The San Francisco 49ers are a below average pass defense. Which is why my first prop that I enjoy for this game. Because I imagine Seattle, obviously they know this. Obviously they're going to try to force the issue. Lock it back on the back on the field. I like Geno to throw at least one pick today. I got Geno Smith over 0.5 interceptions today. Seattle's going to do everything they can. Look, they're on the road against a defense that's number two against the run, number one scoring defense, number one total defense. Seattle, not a very good defense, which is why I think CMC is going to have a huge game. I don't see much happening in the realm for the Seattle Seahawks, but the one chance they have is for Geno Smith to throw the ball for over 200 yards. For that Seattle defense, which isn't good to step up, I mean, look, these guys are 30th against the run. A bottom three defense against the run. My other prop for this game, CMC over seven, 77 and a half rushing yards. I got a feeling this may be a long day for Seattle. Of course, this line has shifted down to plus nine. I still think it's a good line to take. San Francisco can win this game by double digits. They've been doing a lot of that lately. Ten straight wins. I don't think it stops today. Niners are looking really good. They're really poised. And I, I'll be honest with you, too. I don't have them in a lot of my Super Bowl exactus, which I will reveal today later on in the episode. We talked about uh, Super Bowl exactas. We'll reveal those and how they work and how you 
Use them, you know, in your favor once you get to the Super Bowl. If you get if you get one of them close to the Super Bowl, you can actually use them to your favor. We'll talk about all that. Four thirty today on Fox. I don't know that there's a whole lot of holes. You know, San Francisco has a number thirteen passing offense. That's pretty damn good considering you've got game manager Garoppolo and now Brock Purdy. I mean, to, the fact that their top half is is pretty damn good. This is an offense that is just absolutely insane in a defense that's even better than that. These guys are the number six scoring offense in football and the number one points against defense in football. These guys do not allow a lot of points. They score a lot of points. That's a pretty good recipe to win football games. I like it. Tonight on NBC and Peacock, pretty excited about this one because this is going to be, to me, one of the two best games of the weekend. This is going to be one that's hard to pick. I don't know where to go with this one. Dove a little further into it. Mike Williams is out. That may get a head coach fired. But I've got Austin Eckler over 38 and a half receiving yards tonight. The Jacksonville Jaguars defend the run pretty well. They are awful against the pass. This is a 24-ranked defense total. However, they're 12th in scoring. So you don't score a lot of points. What that means is essentially once you get down to the red zone, you're kicking a lot of field goals against the Jaguars. I like Eckler over 38 and a half receiving yards today. I think uh, Herbert will spread the ball around and work that screen game with the running backs in the passing game. Be a good day for the Chargers. The Chargers offensively running the football, bottom three in the league, number 30 rushing offense. They've got a really good passing offense. So Justin Herbert slings that thing. He's thrown for 300 yards a whole lot of times. I got a feeling he's going to do it again today. Jacksonville number 28 in the NFL against the pass, 12 against the run. Better run defense. Basically, these are two defenses that are middle-of-the-road defenses and a couple of offenses and a couple of quarterbacks that are really good. I like ETN over 76.5 rushing yards today. The Chargers 28th in run defense, 22nd in scoring defense. Jacksonville beat the Chargers 38-10 to at SoFi Stadium. That was week three. Jacksonville right now plus 1.5 at home. I think you got to take this one on the money line. And I think you got to pick your poison. Two offenses, two young quarterbacks, both could go off at any moment. Tonight, 8-15 on NBC and Peacock. Tua Tungvaloa out. Raheem Mostert out. Isaiah McKenzie, questionable. Teddy Bridgewater, questionable. Skylar Thompson gets the start for the Dolphins tomorrow against the Buffalo Bills. Miami. Now, these offensive numbers are very skewed. Number six in total offense, number four in passing offense. That's all going to change. Buffalo at number 15 ranked passing defense. This is all different now. This is not a Tua Tungvaluwa led offense. This offense doesn't have Raheem Mostert in the backfield. Even with Raheem Mostert, it's a 25th ranked rushing offense. 11th overall in scoring. I got Josh Allen over 260.5 passing yards. I got Josh Allen really over about 300 passing. It's going to be a huge one. It's going to be a big game for the Buffalo Bills offense. Uh, Sixth overall, fourth in the pass, 25th in the rush. Miami's offense totally and absolutely skewed by the fact that Tua and Mostert both both out. Buffalo, 10.5-point favorite, and moved to 13 on, uh, on Thursday. Now we'll check it again. And Buffalo has moved to... A 13 and a half point favorite. So we got Buffalo minus 13 and a half. That's a, that's a big number. 
That's a big number, but Miami's basically got everything stacked against them. Can Mike McDaniel put together a game plan for this offense to do something cool? I don't know. Sunday, 1 o'clock on CBS and Paramount Plus, Miami at Buffalo. Two out. Skylar Thompson gets the start. Yeah, they split the season meetings. Buffalo, one problem that you might be able to exploit with Buffalo is that they turn the ball over a lot. Despite having the number two scoring offense, number two total offense, seven in the run, seven in the pass, they've turned the ball over 27 times. That's third worst in the NFL. So we'll see what goes down. Miami and Buffalo tomorrow, 1 o'clock, CBS and Paramount+. Plus. How about that 4.30 game? New York Giants at the Minnesota Vikings. This game is 100% going to be decided by which Minnesota Vikings team shows up. Look, this Vikings team is seventh in total offense, sixth in the pass. Kirk Cousins had himself a year. The Giants thrive on the run. Daniel Jones, not a prolific passer. The Giants offense, 26th overall in the pass, but they're the number four rushing offense, number 15 scoring offense. Minnesota. With Cam Dantzler and Harrison Smith both out in that defensive backfield. couple injuries, that defensive backfield banged up. Can Daniel Jones exploit this? And I think that, I don't know that it's a game changer, but I do like Richie James over 49 and a half receiving yards in this game for the Giants. I think they'll use that a little bit. I don't know how much we're going to run with Daniel Jones. I don't know how much we're going to run. Obviously, Saquon Barkley is going to get his touches. But Minnesota, Minnesota, look at these defensive numbers for Minnesota. Number 31 overall defense. Number 31 against the pass. Number 20 against the run. 28th in scoring. If the New York Giants can figure out, because even 20 against the run, not great. I mean, you're below average there. Saquon Barkley takes advantage of that. We got a whole new ball game. We got the Giants. Like I said, I don't know that we're in a situation where they're favored yet, but I want to see this line is, yeah, minus three. So it hasn't changed. Hasn't changed. The Vikings still minus three. Sunday, 430 on Fox. Minnesota wins one score games. They won 11 of them. And they got the week 16 win with a walk-off field goal. There are some points of emphasis for the Giants to look at and how bad this Vikings defense really is. They got to score a lot of points. They're number eight in scoring. Giants give up middle-of-the-road average points, 17th in scoring defense. I'm just looking at the like, – these are the same teams. Saquon Barkley is a little better than Dalvin Cook. Kirk Cousins is a better passer than Daniel Jones. Minnesota's got some bang-ups in, uh, in their secondary. I like Dalvin Cook over 17.5 receiving yards, too. They've uh, done a lot of work in their screen game in Minnesota lately. Dalvin's been getting a little, few more receptions. Exploit that a little bit. Like I said, this Giants defense, though, 27th against the run. Dalvin Cook may have himself a day. We'll see. Giants, Vikings, 4.30 tomorrow on Fox. The more I look into this game, the more I, the more I just think it's going to be a blowout. Baltimore and Cincinnati. Cincinnati had 
started at six and a half point favorites. The line shifted to eight and a half when we talked on Thursday. It's still at eight and a half. Nobody wants to see a blowout, but look, got Gus Edwards. Questionable. At last we spoke. J.K. Dobbins could have a big game. I've got him over 60 and a half rushing yards. But even then, the Bengals, the Bengals defense, seventh against the run. I don't see what other choice they're going to have. Like I said, Mark Andrews might be a stud. The Bengals don't defend the pass well. 23rd in the league against the pass. That'd be your guy to look at. None of his props paid that well. That's why I chose Dobbins prop. I don't think 60 and a half yards, even against a good run defense, is a lot. When you're talking about a Gus Edwards that probably won't play, a Lamar Jackson that's not going to play. The one solid, though, in this game is a Jamar Chase Tutty. Jamar Chase Tutty today, it's minus 109. So you're getting damn near one to one for Jamar Chase to score. This guy is going to score. I almost guarantee it. This game is tomorrow night, Sunday night on NBC and Peacock. I don't like big spreads. I don't like double-digit spreads. But if I were if I were a betting man, I would uh, I would look at possibly shoving this spread out further. I don't know that Baltimore's going to have any answer for anything that happens tomorrow. Joe Burrow being Joe Cool could go off and have a day. We shall see. I like it. I don't know. Like I said, there's got, got a couple couple of blowouts in the making here. I don't know that Seattle has a chance against San Francisco. They've got to do some things very well. Baltimore, Cincinnati, Miami, Buffalo. One game that I don't think will be a blowout, and a lot of people would criticize me for that, is this Dallas and Tampa Bay game. Monday night, 8.15 p.m. on ESPN and ABC. Tampa Bay does some things very well that are non-Tom Brady. Tampa Bay plays very good defense. They're 13th in scoring, but they got the ninth overall yardage defense, ninth overall passing defense, 15th against the run. This, to me, is Dallas's chance. That's why I like Tony Pollard over 47 and a half rushing yards. It's either that or Zeke touchdown. A Zeke touchdown is almost as guaranteed as taxes and death anymore. Tony Pollard over 47 and a half rushing yards. I like that one. Look, Trayvon Diggs is going to be blanking it all over Mike Evans. The rest of that Cowboys secondary banged up. This is a high number. This is a big number, but it pays well. It's plus 118. Chris Godwin over seven and a half receiving yard or er, receptions. Yards, seven and a half yards. Chris Godwin over seven and a half receptions. He's a team leader in receptions, always was. Uh, despite missing a few games, Chris Godwin's caught a lot of balls. He missed two games earlier in the season. He was out week 18, still the team leader in receptions. Seven and a half receptions against Dallas. I like it. Dallas's pass defense is number eight in football. But Tom Brady's pretty good. This team had a this these two teams met in week one, low scoring affair, 19 to 3. That was with Dak, but Dak got hurt in the game. This could be a battle. It's in Tampa Bay this time. It was in Dallas week one. We're gonna have to see what happens here. And, and again, a lot of people are just like, you know, unreal 
that you would even think that this isn't obvious. It's Dallas, right? It's obviously Dallas. They've got a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Look, man. I've watched Tom Brady for a long time. A long time. I don't like to bet against this guy. I really don't. I really don't. So, that's just tough. Tough to do. Tough to bet against Tom. But uh, the Dallas team is really good. They, 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 I truly believe they have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. I truly believe that a full-strength game, both sides between Dallas and Philly, would result in a Dallas win. I don't know. I don't know how good any of these teams are. The NFC is wild. You got San Francisco, wouldn't be surprised if they went to the Super Bowl. You got Dallas, wouldn't be surprised if they went to the Super Bowl. Philadelphia, wouldn't be surprised if they went to the Super Bowl. Who knows what's going to happen? The Vikings could come in and say, you know what? We're the three seed, motherfucker. Okay. But you're horrible defensively. I mean, absolutely awful defensively. So in the comments, do we get to hear your picks for each game? Yeah, I'll give you my picks for each game. I'll give you straight up picks. I'll give you money line picks. Yeah. Straight up. Who's going to win? Mono e mono. <clears throat> it's pretty simple. All right. So I'll include the money line numbers here because some people care about that stuff, including myself. So we'll go down the list here. San Francisco and Seattle. Obviously, the San Francisco 49ers are going to dominate. I don't think Seattle has a chance. San Francisco's minus 475. On that money line. Chargers, Jacksonville. I got to go with LA. I got to go with the Chargers. And I'll tell you why. The Chargers have the potential to literally throw all over Jacksonville. Now, in week three when they met, Jacksonville dominated. Chargers still figuring their stuff out. They a lot of injuries. For whatever reason, this, this Chargers team started off very, very slow. I like Jacksonville. I know they're at home, but I'm sitting here staring this 28th-ranked passing defense in the face. Um, the Chargers don't defend the run well. ETN might have himself a game, but I've got to go Chargers in this game. Minus 145. On the money line, uh, you could probably just go ahead and go with the spread and pay a little better at minus one and a half. Um, I don't see a, a one-point game here, but I like the Chargers to win this game. That's going to be that. Miami and Buffalo, there isn't a chance in hell that Miami wins this game. Not a chance in hell. And I know Dolphins fans are excited. They're in the playoffs, but they all know. There isn't a chance in hell Miami wins this game. They're just, and it's really unfortunate. Look, I'm going to say this. It's really unfortunate. I'm not saying the Dolphins are a bad football team. I'm saying they're going through a lot. They're going through a lot of shit. All right. Like Tua Tungavailoa, I hope that guy plays football again. Like I truly do. And I know he's running around there and he seems to be okay. But that, that guy's had the fucking shit kicked out of him this year. It's not, it's not okay. Like that's, that's your fucking head, man. Like, and he knows that. He's aware of that. Like, it's really, really sad what is happening 
with Tua with Tua over the course of his very short and very early on career. Like because he came on this year and he started putting on for Miami. And it was exciting to see and exciting to watch. And then yeah, it's really it's super unfortunate. And I hate that for Tua. I hate it for the Dolphins. Um you put Teddy Bridgewater in this game and maybe I give him a little more of a chance. He's still questionable. But they have decided to go with Skylar Thompson. Um, I, if if Miami wins this game, I, I don't. Know. They're just not going to. They're not going to at all. All right, Giants Vikings, tough one to pick. Tough one to pick. Who's going to show up? I like Minnesota just because they're at home. Uh, no way I'm taking. No way I'm giving up those three points though. That's an absolute money line pick. Walk-off field goal, finish the last game. Could very well be the same thing again. Uh, Minnesota's secondary is a little banged up. Daniel Jones doesn't throw the ball well. If the Vikings can stop Saquon Barkley and control that and then keep Daniel Jones from doing a whole lot of running because Daniel Jones run you over too. Um, it's going to go a long way to helping them. Uh, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson have huge games. Let's be at home. Let's get a home win. I like Minnesota here. Let's see here. Yeah. Yeah. Ravens, Bengals. Ravens, Bengals. You want to bet with your heart? You want to bet with your heart over there? I know who, you know who I'm talking to. Uh, again, unfortunate. Unfortunate that Lamar can't play. Uh, I think with Lamar Jackson playing this game, it's totally different. But without Lamar Jackson, this Bengals or this uh, Ravens team doesn't have a whole lot of weapons. It's not good for them. So easy to take Cincinnati in this game. Joe Cool's coming on at the right time. Very, very easy to take Cincinnati. There's it's just nothing tough about that. Uh, and to the to the game I don't want to pick, this line has shifted. It's uh minus two and a half, shifted from three. Now Dallas is minus two and a half at home or on the road. Man, oh man! So let's let's look let's look at the obvious stuff first with this game. I can't wait for this game first of all, but let's look at the obvious stuff. Dallas can run the ball very well. Tampa Bay has a number fifteen running defense. They can they play good defense. It's not quite top ten defense. It's top ten yardage defense, but you know nine against the pass, fifteen against the run, thirteenth uh, scoring defense. No. Yeah. Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, two-headed monster. They got back there at running back. Those guys could have a game. I, I like Pollard over 47 and a half yards, which is what I think Dallas is going to have to do because Tampa Bay is a good secondary. They do defend the pass very well. And like I said, a lot of this is going to rely on Dak Prescott too. Dak Prescott has to stop turning the football over. You got to think he's, you got to think like this is, this is the big X factor for Dallas. Can Dak control the game? Can Dak just like manage the shit, not give the ball away, keep their defense fresh on the sideline, and not let Tom Brady get too many opportunities to do things Tom Brady does? Tom Brady, this is the playoffs. There isn't a person on the planet that has more experience in this moment than Tom Brady because not only has he been around forever, but he's been here. 
almost every fucking year. This game's at home in Tampa. Ah. Go Tampa Bay. Go Bucks. I can't bet against them. I just can't do it in this game. Can't do it. Dallas isn't consistent enough, and this is just a bad matchup to start to start the playoffs with, with a team that's playing inconsistent and a guy that can absolutely rip your heart out. I'm sorry, Dallas. I I like Dallas. You uh, you match Dallas up with a with a, with a Giants or a Dolphins, you know somebody else in the wild card round. Uh, let's look at the other division winners. I mean, I mean the thing is Minnesota. You you match Dallas and Minnesota up. I take Dallas every day. Um, like I said, I, I think Dallas has a good chance to win football games, and and possibly make a run at the Super Bowl. I really do, and and I don't think I, they have to get past Tampa Bay, and that's not going to be easy. I don't like the matchup for Dallas. I I just don't. The one place you can get Tampa Bay is if you can throw the ball all over the field. Or I'm sorry, if you could, if you can make sure to not let them throw the ball all over the field. Tampa Bay is the 32nd, 32nd ranked rushing offense. They're really bad. So if you can control that pass. Or just continue to stomp the run. Make them make them one dimensional. Make it so you, they you know they know what they're going to do. Thirty second, thirty second rushing offense, last in the league, worst one. Could be the difference. I don't know, but I'm not betting against Tom. Not here. Sorry, Bucks win. That is uh, plus one eighteen. That is your uh, that is your uh, big payer there on the money line in this in this week. Of course, if you do that on Caesar's Sportsbook, if you parlay all those picks from a money line standpoint, the odds there are eight eighty eight plus eight eighty eight. What does that mean? That means if you put a twenty dollar bet on those six games on the money line, which is just picking picking the winner, and you get it correctly. It will net you one hundred and seventy-six dollars in profit. Yeah, that's what that means. Now, personally, I like to do things a little differently because I think San Francisco will beat Seattle by more than nine points. So I'm taking the money line on San Francisco Seattle. I think that if you're going to pick a winner in a minus one and a half game, the Chargers I'm taking to win. I think they'll win the game by more than one point. You just have to go with the odds there. 13 and a half, and I'll tell everybody this that doesn't necessarily know what's going on. I'll tell everybody this. 13 and a half is a massive number in the National Football League. It is a massive number in the NFL. But Miami's in a lot of trouble. Miami's in a ton of trouble. They don't have a chance in hell. They're in a lot of trouble. So you got to almost... Because minus 900 is what the bills pay out on the money line. There's nothing there for you. Got to take the spread. 
I don't think Miami's going to even be close in this game. Giants, Vikings, minus 160 on the money line for Minnesota. Those are pretty good odds to pick a winner. It's a three-point spread. That game could be closer. Last game was a walk-off field goal. That was just a few weeks ago. Uh, same thing, Miami, but Miami, Buffalo, Bengals, Ravens, plus eight and a half. Um, I don't see a chance for Baltimore to keep this game within 10. Bengals minus eight and a half. That's the pick. Cowboys, Buccaneers, Buccaneers on the money line. That's plus 118. Now that you've taken a few spreads in there, now you go back to your odds, and it's plus 4606, which means that same $20 bet will now net you $921. And I like that. I like $921. Sounds awesome. So there's your nuggets. Now we're going to take a look at something else I did. I told you about uh, Super Bowl exactas. We're going to take a look at them right now because I have 10 that I narrowed it down to. And when I say narrowed it down to, I mean I drew 10 of them out of a imaginary bucket that I had <laughs> for for Super Bowl exact as we talked about a few I picked like 18 or so that I that I liked went whittled it down to 10 and here's what I got and I'll uh get here I was gonna do it there but I'll get here all right so we've got 10 of these things now how a Super Bowl exacta works is you've got a Super Bowl winner and a Super Bowl loser Pick two teams that are going to be in the Super Bowl and the winner and loser. So basically, like an exacta here that I have, Buffalo to beat Dallas. Pays plus 3,000, which is 30 to 1. And I made I made $10 bets on all these. So just real simple, real easy betting. But we'll go down the list here from lowest odds to, to, to highest odds. At plus 1,200. I've got the the Rob prop. Rob in there the other day said it's going to be Buffalo and Philadelphia. Well, Buffalo to beat Philadelphia plus 1,200. 12 to 1 nets me 120. Next one is Philadelphia and Kansas City plus 1,400. If Philadelphia beats Kansas City in the Super Bowl, that's a 140 profit. Philadelphia to beat Buffalo, the other half of the Rob prop. Uh, plus 1,800. So got both sides of that one. Cincinnati to beat San Francisco, plus 2,000. San Francisco to beat Cincinnati, plus 2,500. Buffalo to beat Dallas, plus 3,000. Dallas to beat Kansas City, plus 3,000. Philadelphia to beat Cincinnati, plus 3,000. Now, I had to do this. <clears throat> I call these the Tom Props. Because, you know, Tom Brady, all he'd do is win. So the last two got Kansas City to beat Tampa Bay at plus 5,000 and Buffalo to beat Tampa Bay at plus 5,000. $500. So the way the other side of that works is if you do get your two teams to the Super Bowl, let's say, let's say the Super Bowl is Dallas versus Kansas City, which would be not ideal for this, but I'm gonna I'll talk about it anyway. You got Dallas versus Kansas City. Pays you 300 bucks on your $10 bet, plus 3,000. You go in, 
before the game and you bet the other side of them. You put money on Kansas City and you make it so that either way, you make a little money. It's called hedging. So either way, I like this. I thought I'd never seen this. I thought it was fun. Uh we'll 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 see how we do moving forward. We'll see if all these make it through wild card weekend. Um now, I don't see any problem for wild card weekend. The divisional round is when it's going to get a little crazy. But going Bengals, sad face, all the picks from uh, Miss Teresa in the comments. Going Bengals, going Bucks, going Vikings. Eh. Mostly agreed. Uh, going Jags over the Chargers. I like it. I like it. AFC South representing. Going Bengals with the sad face. I know you're a Raiders or Ravens fan. What's up, Sean Rogers? How you doing, my friend? All right. So now that we've talked about all that, got all that out of the way. Again, we went through, we did our predictions. I like it. I like where we're at. Let's look now at our updated uh playoff tree. Cause we got Seattle over or San Francisco over Seattle which would mean the two seed would not play the Eagles. So then we've got the Chargers over Jacksonville. We've got Buffalo over Miami, which would send the Chargers to Kansas City. We've got Minnesota over the Giants, which would send Minnesota to Philadelphia. And then we've got Cincinnati over Baltimore, which would send the Bengals to Buffalo. And then we've got uh, Tampa Bay over Dallas, which would send the Buccaneers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, on to, where would they go? Where would they go? We got the four, we got the one. Would they go three, two? Yeah, that would send the, that would send the Buccaneers to Philadelphia. Bucks-Eagles. See, and it's it's wildly different. When you talk about Bucks Cowboys, for whatever reason, diving into this game, I like Tampa Bay. I like Tampa Bay at home. I know they've struggled. I know they're having offensive line issues, but I like Tampa Bay. But when you when you then foreshadow a Tampa Bay Eagles matchup, I almost easily take Philadelphia with the greatest of ease. At that point, you got Bucks too. 49ers might get upset. I don't know why the 49ers might get upset. I don't know what that happens. No way Miami wins. No more. No way Baltimore wins. That's no shit. No way Miami. No way Baltimore. 49ers might get upset. I don't know. I don't see that happening, man. I don't see that happening at all. Gino, uh, Gino better have himself a day. I mean, a day. Because you cannot. And I mean, you cannot run. On San Francisco, you got to throw the football. Got to have, got to have Tyler Lockett. Got to have, got to have it all. You can't run on San Francisco. Kenneth Walker was gonna bet, was gonna look at some of his props, and I'm like, I am not. I'm not going anywhere near a fucking running back against San Francisco. I'm just not doing it. Uh, Walker was uh, on the on the injury report. Didn't practice on Thursday. Didn't practice on Wednesday. Sorry. Guess resting. 
So that was a slight cause for concern the other day, but Kenneth Walker obviously going to play suiting up full, full go. I just, nah. See, for me, it's no way San Francisco loses to Seattle. Will 49ers take the Seahawks seriously enough? You've got to. I mean, you've got to. This is a team that started, you know, got off to a rough start, and they've won 10 games in a row. I don't even know if it matters who they take seriously. I mean, they've already played twice this year. So we'll see. We'll see. It'd be interesting. This would be, if there was one game that I would take against the spread, this nine-point spread, that I would say I would lose on, because I would take San Francisco plus the nine point or minus the nine points. But if there was one game that was going to fuck that, it would be this game. Football all weekend and chilly all weekend. Fun weekend. Great weekend. Great weekend. Not just any football. Not just any brand of football, but playoff football. NFL playoff football. Um, it's one of the it's one of the most wonderful times of the year. Now, I like this time of year better when the Colts are hanging around in the playoffs. But, you know, at least this year I don't have to worry about them losing now. It's all over. But uh yeah, man. Wild Card Weekend is going to tell us a whole bunch. And it starts today at 4.30. That Hoosiers tip-off is here in about 22 minutes. And uh, if I want to edit the podcast for all the uh, verbal fuck-ups I made earlier on in the show, I've got to do that now so I can get home and watch tip-off. So I want you guys. You got Brady upset in the Cowboys. I agree. 49ers will roll. Hoosiers. Ugh. Yeah, that ain't no shit. Can't miss two starters, man. All right, guys, this has been the Sean B. Show. It is Saturday, January 14th, and we are in the Edge Construction Studio. Look, Edge Construction, masters of all things construction. Call my friend Brian at 812-343-3035. He's got you back, man. I'm telling you, this guy's a stud. This guy's a stud. Tell him the Sean B. Show sent you. Dirt work, site development. They'll take care of you. Also, look. If you need some pets sitting, you need your doges taken care of. All right. Just like home doggy daycare. You can find them on the web at just like home doggy daycare.com or on Facebook at just like home doggy daycare. They are amazing over there. Okay. Pets come in the house. They're treated as if they live there. No kennels. Fuck that. Fuck your kennels. Absolutely. No kennels. No, no. Fenced in yards. All kinds of room for them to play and be themselves. And, hey, you may have to be away, but for your pets, it'll be just like home. I am Sean B. I am out of here. You guys have a wonderful wild card weekend.